the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome. You are listening to Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston, New England's oldest African-American church. Hope and Faith Ministry features the inspirational sermons of my father, Dr. Wesley Roberts, Senior Pastor at People's Baptist Church. We're so glad you're here. Dr. Roberts has a powerful message of hope and love for your life and mine. Now enjoy this broadcast of Hope and Faith Ministry, brought to you from People's Baptist Church of Boston. The title of the message today is Facing the New Year with Confidence. Facing the New Year with Confidence. On this, the first Sunday in February, there's a growing sense of insecurity and fear gripping millions of Americans and people around the world as our president and his administration get off to a rocky start. We all stand on the threshold of the unknown and the unexpected. Who knows what changes will come or what policies will upset the stability of the world order? The fact is that none of us knows what will happen in the next 11 months. Whether we'll be alive, whether we will be in good health, or whether we will have political and social instability, there's always an element of uncertainty and insecurity to our lives as human beings. However, as Christians, as Christ followers, we have nothing to be afraid of or to be worried about. For the Bible assures us that we can face the future with confidence no matter what our circumstances may be right now and no matter who occupies the White House. Listen to David in Psalm 23 and verse 6. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You find in these words no anxiety, no fear of the future, no worry about tomorrow. So where do you get that kind of confidence? As believers in Jesus Christ, there are three reasons why we can face the future with confidence. And the first reason is because God is watching over us. God is watching over us. David says in Psalm 23 and verse 6, Surely goodness shall follow me all the days of my life. Because God is a good God, we can expect his protection and provision because he is our Father. No matter what happens, we can expect God will bring good out of it somehow. It will always either be 
for my own good, for the good of other people, or for the good of God's kingdom. God is a good God. David says in Psalm 145 and verse, and verse 20, The Lord watches over all who love him. You see, God cares about the details of your life and mine. Like a father, he will provide for us both now and in the future. We don't know what the future holds, but we do know who holds the future. And that is our sovereign Lord. God will watch over us. We can count on it. David says, surely goodness shall follow me. Now, what does he mean by that? Obviously, David had disappointments in life. Not everything good happened to him. He had problems in his family, problems uh, in, in his nation. And uh, quite often, uh, he used, at one, at one point, he was um, running for his life. So he's, he's not saying, surely only good things are going to happen to me, because that would not be true. Bad things do happen to good people. What he's saying is that good things will always come out of whatever happens, even the bad, the evil, and the difficult things that we experience. Some people think that the only time that God's goodness is seen is when the sun is shining, when the flowers are blooming, and when everything is going well with us. But the truth is, we have God's goodness in greater abundance when it seems that everything is falling apart. God is never closer than when we are forced to our knees in prayer because of some problem, some difficulty, or some tragedy that has occurred in our life or in the life of our family. Whether you believe it or not, nothing is ever so bad or so disappointing or so difficult or so painful or so miserable that it could not be a whole lot worse. It is only because of the goodness of God that it isn't. Even in seasons of extreme pain, in seasons of severe loneliness, of deep sorrow, of great hardship, God is still a good God and is good to us. The great promise that God has given to us believers can be found in Romans chapter 8 and verse 28. And this is the Living Bible's um, uh, paraphrase of it. We know that all that happens to us is working for our good if we love God and are fitting into his plans. This is not a promise for everybody. All things do not work together for, for everybody in the world. What Paul is saying here is that all things work together for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. You see, if you're a believer in Christ, the Bible says all things are working together for your good. That's what it means when David says, goodness will follow me. 
There is no difficulty, no dilemma, no defeat, no disaster in the life of a Christian that ultimately God won't bring good out of. Often it is difficult to see God's goodness when you're going through a tragedy or a significant loss. There are times when you don't feel like God is good. Sometimes you feel like God's goodness is somehow hidden. Even Jesus on the cross said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You see, we go through those experiences sometimes in life, and the question is why? And we don't see goodness in all of the experiences of our life. It is only later looking back that we see God's goodness and how he was working for our good when we did not, we were not even aware of it. This does not mean that only good things will happen to you and to me, because bad things will happen to us, but God will bring good out of them. God says, I'll watch over you. Now, how does God watch over his children, believers? Psalm 91 and verse, and verse 11 tells us, For he orders his angels to protect you wherever you go. You see, God uses angels to watch over us. Angels are real. They are invisible agents of God. And the Bible says that one of the reasons God created angels is so that they can watch over the heirs of redemption. That is, believers. You don't talk to them or see them, but they are there working in our behalf all the time so that goodness will follow us all the days of our life. But the second reason we can face a future with confidence, and uh, here's a change in, 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 in uh, the number two that you have on your outline, because God's grace is at work in us, because God's grace is at work in us. Not only goodness will follow us, but surely mercy will follow us all the days of our life. God says in Isaiah chapter 60 and verse 10, I have mercy on you through my grace. Now what is grace? Grace is God's riches at Christ's expense. It is God giving us what we need, not what we deserve. Aren't you glad that God doesn't give you what you deserve? Now, what is mercy? Mercy is grace in action. Why do we need mercy? Because we are imperfect. We stumble and we fall. We fall into sin. We make mistakes. And in the future, we know that we are going to, to sin. And so we need not only God's goodness, but we also need his mercy. We need his forgiveness. We need his pardon. When you really understand God's grace and mercy, that God isn't out there trying to get evil with you, but that Jesus paid the penalty for everything you've ever done wrong or will do wrong, then you know what grace and mercy are all about. 
When you understand God's grace and mercy, then you can face the future with confidence. David tells us in Psalm 103, 2 through 11 in the Living Bible, I will not forget the glorious things God does for me. He forgives all my sins. He heals me. He ransoms me from hell. He surrounds me with loving kindness. He fills my life with good things. He is merciful and tender toward those who don't deserve it. He is slow to get angry. He never bears a grudge. He has not punished us as we deserve for our sins, for his mercy is as great as the height of heavens. He is like a father to us, tender and sympathetic to those who reverence him. You see, when you understand that God is not only being good to you, but that he is being merciful to you in handling your mistakes, your sins, your faults, then you don't have any reason to be afraid of the future. Mercy means that when I'm going through a tough time, even one that I've brought on myself, God is there to help me out. So Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16 says, So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it. You see, God has a 24-hour drop-in service where we can go to him and ask for his help. In his mercy, he can help because of what Jesus Christ has done for us on the cross. Mercy, like goodness, follows us in life. Picture a a parent following a little child around, picking up after him or her. You see, God is constantly picking up her messes, putting things back together, working them all out. That's mercy. He's picking up behind us, cleaning up our messes. And David says, mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Not some of the days, but all the days of my life. God does not turn uh, his goodness and mercy on and off. He doesn't treat us nice one day and then the next day treat us badly. All the days of my life, I'll have God's goodness and God's mercy. You see, you are going to experience many different kinds of days this year ahead of us. You're going to experience happy days, sad days, sick days, depressing days, lonely days, difficult days, and you don't know what's going to happen. But you will never face a day without God's goodness and mercy with you if you have given your life to Jesus Christ. He will be with you all the time. Some days you won't feel it. Some days you won't see God's goodness and mercy. But surely, without a doubt, God's goodness and mercy are going to be there, even in the tough times uh, in, the, in this new year. God will be with us no matter what happens. 
God's goodness will provide and protect. God's mercy will pardon and forgive. God's goodness will supply and God's mercy will soothe. Goodness is the fact that God gives us good things in life that we don't deserve. Mercy is that God holds back the condemnation that we do deserve. You need them both in life. Although every blessing, every, every healing, every deliverance, every privilege, every opportunity, every joy, and every divine gift is a manifestation of God's goodness and mercy, nothing reveals it like salvation when our sins are forgiven and our life has been transformed by the grace of God. If there were no other blessings or benefits or privileges, salvation alone reveals that we serve a God of goodness and mercy. God's goodness and mercy have been revealed especially at Calvary, where Jesus paid the price for our redemption, and because of it, Calvary, because of Calvary, how many sins have been forgiven? How many burdens have been lifted? How many diseases have been healed? How many fears have been abolished? How many doubts have been dissolved? How many obstacles have been overcome? How many problems have been solved? How many victories have been won? And how many hopes have been revived? It's all because of Calvary. Now we can face the future with confidence, thirdly, because heaven is waiting for us. Because heaven is waiting for us. The psalmist says at the end of that verse, And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The word and here is one of the most important uh, connections we see in the Bible. It connects yesterday and tomorrow, or, or yesterday and today, with tomorrow. God says, I have this great life planned for you, and surely goodness and mercy will follow you throughout your life. But that's not the end of something else which is far better for you. And David, so David ends by saying, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He said, Jesus saves the best for the, for the, for the, for the, um, for the end. With God, it just keeps getting better and better. The best is yet to come, my brothers and sisters. Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and, uh, and verse 1, For we know that when this earthly tent we live in is taken down, when we die and leave these bodies, we will have a home in heaven, an eternal body made for us by God himself, and not by human hands. Someday, your body is going to die, but you won't. Your body is going to end, but that will not be the end of you. You will spend eternity in one of two places, heaven or hell. We were made to last forever. So why are Christians the most confident uh, people about the future? Look at what Paul has to say in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 6 
uh, and 8. Not 5 and 8, but 6 and 8. It says, we look forward with confidence to our heavenly bodies. And we are not afraid, but are quite content to die. For then we will be at home with the Lord. You see, death for the Christian is a transfer, a promotion. It is onto better things. No more problems. You're not ready to live until you are ready to die. Only a fool would go through life totally unprepared for something that everybody knows is inevitable. You are going to die. A hundred percent of us gathered here and those who are listening to me by radio will die someday. If we accepted Jesus Christ as our Savior, then we know exactly where we are going. We are going to the place called heaven. You see, what is heaven going to be like? We are going to be released from pain, from sorrow, from suffering, from depression, from fear. As Revelation chapter 21 and uh, verse 4 says, He will wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death nor sorrow, nor crying, nor pain. All that has gone forever. You see, who is heaven for? It's not made just for anybody, uh, irrespective of what they believe. It is made for those who are believers in Jesus Christ, who believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross in order to save them from their sins. It is for those who are Christ's followers and who live to please the Lord. First Peter chapter 1, 4 and 5, the Apostle Peter says, God has reserved for his children the priceless gift of eternal life. It is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. And God in his mighty power will make sure that you get there safely to receive it because you are trusting him. So be truly glad there is wonderful joy ahead, even though the going is rough for a while down here. Amen. You see, it's not up to me to make sure I get to heaven safely. You see, once I have committed my life to Jesus Christ, then he makes sure that I get there safely to receive my inheritance because I am trusting in him. And so, uh, as Jude tells us in Jude 26, now unto him who is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. You see, heaven was made for believers, for those who are in love with Jesus Christ. Earth is a warm-up act. This isn't the big deal. We are going to spend 70, 80, 90, or 100 years here on this earth if we live to be that long, if we live that long. But we'll spend trillions and trillions of years in eternity, in heaven or in hell. This is the appetizer, the preschool. This isn't the big show. This is the opening act we are in right now. The problem is that many Christians act like that, uh, act that all that there is to life is going on here and now. 
No, this is just preparation for the big event where we are going to spend all eternity in the presence of God. The Apostle Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 11, you are only visitors here. You, your real home is in heaven. So don't act as if everything that matters is what is here and now. The material things that we own are only temporary. Yet we spend or will spend all of our lives acquiring, accumulating, and getting more stuff. One day we will have to leave everything behind. You see, getting things is not the goal of life. Getting prepared for heaven is. We are going to be in eternity forever, so we should live in the light of eternity. Oh, King David knew that there was coming a day when he would fight his last battle. There was coming a day when he would defeat his last enemy, bear his last burden, suffer his last sorrow, and would face his last obstacle. And when that day came, he wanted to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He knew that there would come uh, a time when his eyes would close in death, when his lungs would breathe no more, and when his heart would no longer beat. And then the Lord, his shepherd, would take him to dwell in, his, in the house of the Lord forever. The day will come when either the trumpet will sound announcing the coming of our Lord, or our eyes will close in death, and we will then enter the house not made with human hands. It behooves us then to prepare for that great and glorious moment. Remember that in the house of the Lord, there'll be no more burdens to bear. There'll be no more problems to solve, no more battles to fight, no more temptations to resist, no more opposition to encounter, no more difficulties to deal with, no more pain to suffer, no more tears to shed, no more sorrows to endure, no more cares to worry over, no more parting of loved ones, no more envy or jealousy, no more weariness or exhaustion, no more broken promises, no more unfulfilled commitments, no more drive-by killings, no more drugs or alcohol, no more lonely nights, no more miserable days, no more sickness, no more disease. And for those of us who are getting older, no more arthritic knees, no more back aches, no more failing eyesight, no more hearing problems, no more shortness of breath, no more tired feet, no more sore muscles. You see, in the house of the Lord, there will be no need for wheelchairs or crutches or dentures or hearing aids or eyeglasses, or nerve pills, or any of the other aids and helps that we so often need here as we get older. But we will be in the house of the Lord forever and ever and ever. And someone needs to shout hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you for joining us here at Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston. We pray that you have been touched and inspired by today's message. 
People's Baptist Church is a Christ-centered, caring church located at 134 Camden Street at the corner of Camden and Tremont Streets. Our Sunday services are at 8 a.m. and at 1045 a.m. You can reach us at 617-427-0424. Come visit us in person or on the web at www.pbcboston.org. And tune in every Saturday morning at 1030 for another inspiring message of hope and faith. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.